Let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Believers have God's promise that when we faithfully obey Him and don't give up, we will enjoy the very best returns. Let the Lord encourage your heart as Joe Vasek, pastor of Northeast Baptist Church of Danbury, Connecticut, urges us to stay the course. Edward McKendry Bounds was born into a Methodist family in Shelbyville, Missouri in 1835. He was the fifth child in his family of three boys and three girls. His father, Thomas Bounds, had been one of the first settlers in the county, and he helped in the building of the first Methodist church. In 1849, when Edward was 14, Thomas died of tuberculosis. After his dad's death, Several of Edward's family members heard that gold had been discovered in Mesquite Canyon, California. So Edward joined them on their 1,700-mile expedition to strike it rich. After four years of failure to discover gold, Edward and his relatives returned to their homes in Missouri, and Edward went right to work studying law. At 19 years old, Edward Bounds became the youngest attorney in the state. A few years later, he attended a revival meeting that was a product of the Fulton Street Revival in New York City. At that meeting, he was so powerfully impacted that he left his law practice and enrolled in seminary to become a preacher. In 1859, when he was 24 years old, Edward Bounds was ordained to the ministry and became the pastor of a Methodist church as part of the Methodist Episcopal denomination. The Methodist Episcopal Church had divided into two branches over the issue of slavery. The two branches were called the Methodist Episcopal Church North and the Methodist Episcopal Church South. Edward was opposed to slavery, but when he joined the denomination in 1859, as a matter of geography, he belonged to the Methodist Episcopal Church South, not thinking that it would be of any consequence. Then in 1861, after the Civil War began, Troops were sent to Missouri to stop any pro-slavery activities there. When the Methodist Episcopal Church South was unjustly deemed a threat, their properties were seized and their ministers were fined. Edward was unable to pay the fine, so he was arrested and put in prison for a year and a half. He used his imprisonment as an opportunity to preach the gospel and to strengthen the faith of his fellow prisoners. When he was released near the end of 1862, he was told he could not return to Missouri until after the war was over. So he went to Mississippi, where he served as a chaplain for the Confederate Army, preaching, winning soldiers to Christ, and leading them closer to the Lord. When the war was over, he became the pastor of a Methodist church in Franklin, Tennessee. In that pastorate, he led a weekly men's prayer meeting, and as a result of that prayer meeting, 150 people received Christ. Edward traveled as an evangelist for the Methodist Episcopal Church, and he was asked to be the editor of two of their papers, first the St. Louis Christian Advocate, and later the Nashville Christian Advocate. When the denomination terminated its position of evangelist, Edward Bounds left the Methodist Episcopal Church and moved his family to Washington, Georgia, where he spent the last 17 years of his life. He gave those years to praying, reading, and writing. Occasionally, he would travel somewhere to preach, but the defining habit of those years was that he would rise to pray from 4 a.m. to 7 a.m. every day. About 10 years after he had moved to Georgia, a pastor in Atlanta named Homer Hodge heard that there was a man of prayer in Georgia that would aid the church in attaining a high altitude of spiritual things. Pastor Hodge immediately wrote to E.M. Bounds, 
and invited him to come preach for them in a 10-day conference. This is how Pastor Hodge describes their meeting. Naturally, we expected to see a man of imposing physique, but when he came, we discovered that he was only about five and a half feet tall. But in him, we met one of the greatest saints that, in our humble opinion, has appeared on the spiritual horizon in the last hundred years. He spoke the first afternoon on prayer. No one seemed to be particularly impressed. The next morning at 4 a.m., we were amazed to hear him engaged in the most wonderful prayer we had ever listened to, a prayer that seemed to take in both heaven and earth. Not one morning during his stay did he fail to make his prayers at the great while before day hour. No man could have made more melting appeals for lost souls and backslidden ministers than did Bounds. Tears ran down his face as he pleaded for us all in that room. E.M. Bounds is, of course, known today for his books on prayer. Few men's writings will take you personally into the prayer closet like his will. Listen to a brief passage from his book, Purpose in Prayer. The more praying there is in the world, the better the world will be. The mightier the forces against evil everywhere. Prayer, in one phase of its operation, is a disinfectant and a preventive. It purifies the air. It destroys the contagion of evil. Prayer is no fitful, short-lived thing. It is no voice crying unheard and unheeded in the silence. It is a voice which goes into God's ear, and it lives as long as God's ear is open to holy pleas. God shapes the world by prayer. When E.M. Bounds died in 1913 at 78 years of age, only two or three of his books had been published. After his death, a pastor named Claude Chilton took other manuscripts E.M. Bounds had written and had them published, so that countless multitudes since have been edified by E.M. Bounds' prayer life. Christian, nothing else we do impacts the world like what we do alone with God in the place of prayer. Stay the course. We pray that today's program was a blessing to you. If you have any questions or comments, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at staythecourse at nbcdanbury.org. God bless you.